Welcome to Building Body, Mind, Soul. Find us online at ironmartialartsonline.com. It's a complete package for fitness, health, martial arts, parenting, psychology, meditation, spirituality, and more. We really are building body, mind, and soul. Hello, this is Ryan from Building Body, Mind, Soul here at ironmartialartsonline.com. And today for our spirituality and meditation uh, piece, we are going to discuss lucid dreaming part two. So refer to our last little uh, podcast episode for uh, how to do dream recall. You do need dream recall prior to lucid dreaming. If you can't consistently easily remember all of your dreams, then lucid dreaming is not for you, not yet. Um, So refer to that last episode. Once you can recall you know, like, you know, nine out of 10 dreams, nine out of 10 days worth and recall pretty good amount of detail. Now you've got some solid dream recall, uh, recall skills, and now you can go ahead and move on to lucid dreaming. So why do we lucid dream briefly? Um, It's more than just, you know, uh, you know, being able to fly and, you know, um, you know, be crazy in your dreams, knowing once it's a dream and, and, you know, that's, that's all well and good, but there's a lot of real psychological, spiritual utility um, in intellectual utility to being able to take advantage of lucid dreams. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, there are complex questions to complex situations. You can answer, uh, ask an answer during the lucid dream. It lets you access kind of the better part of your brain, uh, where you are, even though your dream characters are obviously all coming from your own psyche in the end, it gives you different perspectives on things that you just can't get in the normal uh, conscious state, uh, waking state during the day. And it, it's just, there's a lot of modalities for being able to, you know, therapeutic, therapeutic use for grief of lost loved ones, even people who have um, been recorded using lucid dreams to deal with their own terminal illness. Uh, for, certainly for PTSD, um, uh, for just um, you know, having lifelong fears or dealing with major missed opportunities. It really has a lot of self-therapeutic value for yourself and for loved ones. So a lot of goodness out of the milk and honey inside um, lucid dreams that are just, you know, good, fruitful things that we don't often pay attention to. And I think mostly because people don't even realize it. And so I, I really say it's, 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 um, it's a sweet spot for self-improvement and self-realization for lucid dreaming. Um, by the way, you can even meditate within your lucid dreams. So now we, we can get crazy and actually do various meditations. So you know it's a dream. You're sitting down in your room, in your house, knowing that it's a dream, it's not real. And then you start meditating inside the dream. And then there's other even other levels, you're on another level where you're doing dream yoga, and that's trying to meet other people in their lucid dreams and seeing what experiences and conversations correspond the next day, which gets really interesting because, I mean, I don't know really how, I mean, they've, they've, that's been documented too, but how do you explain that? Because that's in one, one person's head sleeping in one bed and then another guy's head sleeping in the other bed, and then they meet up in the dream and they're able to talk or discuss issues um, or go places, and then it corresponds the next day. So there's a lot more we don't know about than we do know about. Uh, that's one way to say it. But, but before you can even embark on all this, you have to know how to do it. So I'm gonna. There's several methods out there. You can look up a bunch. I'm gonna tell you what works for me. Um, my students um, that have been part of our hybrid meditation program. We do some online moving meditations with yoga, tai chi, qigong, and doing some shamanic drumming. And anyways, lucid dreaming is something we tie into our hybrid meditation class. But 
what seems to help the most for my students is doing the hand method. So you're looking at your hand and basically um, it's the, what I call the most annoying, but the most effective tried and true method to uh, acquire lucid dreams and, and be able to uh, attain lucid dreams. Looking at your hand every day, 10 to 20 minutes throughout the day. So yes, this is literally like four times an hour. And you're saying every 15 minutes, just by habit, you're going to look at your hand just in the middle of whatever you're doing. You're going to repeat after me. You know, look at your hand, put your hand in front of your face, right? Look up at it and say, this is my hand. And if this is a dream, then I can fly. And at that moment, as silly as it sounds during the day, you know, four or five times an hour, when you do that, you will will yourself momentarily to try to float up in the air and fly. Obviously, you will not. But by not doing so, you will have successfully discovered it is not a dream. And the idea is if you keep doing that, that, that um, physical practice, that quickly gets built into your subconscious. And that is something you will easily re uh, replicate and you will repeat doing during your actual dream. So if you're having a random dream and during whatever you're dreaming and doing during the dream, when you have no idea it's a dream, and then you actually look at your hand and you say, this is my hand. If this is a dream, then I can fly. And then you will yourself that moment in the dream to fly. Well, sure enough, when you actually in the dream, like float up in the air and you say, oh my God, I'm floating, I'm levitating, I'm, I'm flying. Now, you know, it's a dream, right? Now you can get to work and now, you know, it's a lucid dream. So that's that. And um, you're going to have a lucid dreaming journal just the way you have a, um, a dream recall journal or dream diary to recall everything. You need to be aware. So a couple of things. You need to be aware of any cognitive bias in the lucid dreaming when asking questions. You have to remember that once you have to be responsible, as silly as this sounds, once you know it's a dream, you have to and you say, OK, I'm flying. I know this is a dream. You need to set your mental parameters and say, I know this is a dream. So I am aware I am speaking to my own dreamscape, my own dream characters. So I am in, in essence, quote, feeding myself answers from my own brain. So you need to be aware of any kind of cognitive biases you may have during your own dream, right? You want your dream to be, quote, as clean as it can to um, when you ask big questions and look for big answers, you need to be actually lucidly aware, not just that it's a dream, but that these answers are coming from you. So you want to be aware of any cognitive bias. You can refer to some of our other stuff, uh, past podcasts for, for cognitive biases and all that. But that's important, right? Because you know that it's coming from your brain. So um, in general, with lucid dreaming, you know, there are a lot of um, traditions also. So there's, so there's this aspect of lucid dreaming where you can ask big questions to big answers for yourself, which is helpful and important. There's also some usefulness. Um, and again, you know, this is religion aside, but um, when you look at spirituality, wanting to reconnect with loved ones in the next life, if you believe that, certainly I, I would encourage people to, or at least consider it. Because uh, religion aside, the existence of afterlife is an entirely separate issue. And um, there's, you know, as an aside, there, there's far more evidence for afterlife uh, than against it at this point in time. And, in, in, um, uh, you know, in, in the modern science era, there's plenty of stuff out there suggesting about uh, afterlife or even, um, uh, you know, instances of reincarnation and, and such. And so I would tell people, 
if you are interested, you can also reconnect with past loved ones and have, a, you know, this is a really separate discussion needing uh, some, you know, attention and insight for maybe even a, another podcast, another talk, but you can use your lucid dreams in short to reconnect with past loved ones. And there's some incredible therapeutic value to this, especially, especially if you've recently lost a loved one. And so that is, and, and these are lucid dreams, by the way, that you can repeat for whatever problem, if it's something about moving on from somebody, if it's about, um, a, you know, a, a crisis you have personally for yourself, if it's about a major life question that you keep asking complex questions and you want to build on the answer from a prior lucid dream, you can keep doing that. And so this is not a one and done deal. Lucid dreaming can be something you do if you know, once a week, every, every week and build it into your kind of overall mental, spiritual practice. I would encourage it. Um, I will just mention for folks who are already well aware about lucid dreaming, who know about this, and this is old news, you might be interested in dream yoga and the practice of meshing with other people's dreams and also instances of yogis and um, kind of spiritual, you know, gurus who have done lucid dreaming and um, uh, all these, you know, what they may call astral travel and out of body um, travel with uh, having some even notable scientific cases. The one I would point you to for uh, fellow skeptics out there who are rolling their eyes right now, you may want to check out an interesting study by uh, actual researcher, uh, a PhD um, fellow named Do Charles, Dr. Charles Tart, T-A-R-T, a um, parapsychology researcher had done in a lab setting, I believe videotaped uh, overnight with a woman who had had these type of abilities during her sleep. Sure enough, he had put a five digit number, a random five digit number on top of a high shelf in the room um, before she went in. And of course, this is all videotaped and uh, or was monitored at least and said, you know, if you can really do this, you will go ahead and, you know, there is, you know, um, a number on top of this high shelf that I would like to see if you can recall. And um, you can go ahead and get the details of that. That was actually out of the Journal of American Psychology, uh, I'm sorry, American uh, Society for Psychical Research. And um, that was that was a published study. You, you can just, you know, Google you know, Charles Tart and um, uh, American, American Society for Psychical Research. And anyways, you can see that. And sure enough, um, she was able to recall the five-digit number after um, her uh, active out-of-body uh, lucid dreaming episode. And that's pretty cool. So I think that that's something to really look at, right? Because that's statistically impossible to do. There have been some other interesting cases like that too, for what we call veridical experiences, for out-of-body stuff that is proven out-of-body stuff that you could not have seen or known during, um, you know, during uh, your, you know, your period of being unconscious or whatever. Um, so I would encourage you to check that out if you're interested. Otherwise, uh, happy lucid dreaming. I do recommend you do it and build it into your repertoire. I think it's really important. I've seen it help a lot, a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And uh, that's it. And bye for now. Building body, mind, soul. Find us online at ironmartialartsonline.com. It's a complete package for fitness, health, martial arts, parenting, psychology, meditation, 
spirituality, and more. We really are building body, mind, and soul.